the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. It is day one of the Great American Shutdown. I mean, the weekend didn't really count. Today is when we begin to see it. As you heard me say at the beginning of the show, we are in our 9-11 mode. Calm, focused, fact-based, pro-American, pro-world, with a bias towards silver linings and good news and a bias against division and distortion, sensationalism and politicization of the pandemic. Alex Haley has it on his tombstone, find the good and praise it. That's what you'll find here. And one of the good guys, Jonah Goldberg, joins me. Good morning, Jonah. How are you? Hey, Hugh. Great to be here. Uh, how are you social distancing? Well, you know, I kind of feel like I've prepared my whole life for this. <laughs> I, my, my misanthropy, my hermiting, my um, ability to spend enormous amounts of time binge-watching TV and drinking by myself has made me perfectly suited for the crisis that we're in. All right. Well, I'm not far behind you, but I must say I had to fly yesterday on a two-thirds empty Alaska airline plane, and I heard exactly one cough on the whole five-and-a-half-hour flight from California. My assumption is people are doing a pretty good job of not endangering other people. Do you think that message has gotten through? I noticed in the dispatch this morning uh, the repeat of David French's eloquent appeal to young people not to endanger their nanas. I think... Um, I think the message has largely gotten through, <clears throat> certainly to the populations that need to hear it the most. Um, I got to say, I'm a little dismayed by these polls about partisan divide on this stuff. And I think one of the things that I think people are giving short shrift to isn't so much that it's right wingers don't believe in science and all this kind of stuff. It's partly a, a geographical divide, right? It's part of that sort of self sorting. And there are a lot of people who think. Like, my wife was out in Alaska, um, you know, last week, and they just all think this is some East Coast hysteria. And, um, and, I, and so I think some of that needs to trickle through. The stuff in Nashville was bad. You know, a lot of young people, I understand that they think they're immortal, and they are kind of immune to this to a certain extent. Um, but that stuff still needs to get under control. Um, but, you know, look, the president, as of that press conference last Friday, um, is now signaling that he takes this very seriously. The government seems to be taking this very, very seriously. Big business taking it seriously. My colleagues at Fox News are finally taking it very seriously. So I, mean, I think we're on the right course. Now, I spent all of January on two subjects, and really only two. And I was so wrong about Bernie Sanders, and I was so right about the virus, and I wish it was reversed. I wish I'd been right about Bernie Sanders and wrong about the virus, but I was right about the virus. I am especially concerned, though, that the People's Republic of China is attempting to divert from their uh, original sin of the coronavirus and just had on Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu, who was very explicit about this. Do you think that anyone is falling for the propaganda line that, that China is pushing rather subtly in some instances, rather brusquely in others? 
You know, I don't know. And, and I, I got to admit, I, you know, I wrote a column, I don't know, like a week ago, 10 days ago, saying, you know, the whole brouhaha about whether to call it the China vi- Chinese coronavirus or the Wuhan virus was really a distraction. And, but it has now become so clear that China is determined to pursue this propaganda line. And if they're going to do that, then I don't think it's crazy to insist on calling it the Wuhan virus or the Chinese coronavirus. Because, you know, it's one thing when the world just agrees to call it COVID-19 and everyone understands it comes from Wuhan, but that's fine. It's another thing when the Chinese government, as a matter of state propaganda, is trying to say that this came out of an American, you know, uh, bio-warfare unit. Um, that requires much, much more vigorous pushback. Um, is anyone buying it? I don't. Right now, it doesn't seem like it. But with, like with a lot of, you know, conspiracy theories are a lot like, uh, you know, viruses. They they start from a very low bl- base of believers, but they grow geometrically. And you could see in 18 months this becoming a, you know, a kind of widespread, you know, misinformation campaign with with some purchase. 100 percent correct. I also fear all of the Russian bots that trolled our 2016 election. They will not pass by this opportunity to sow division in the United States. Or do you think I'm wrong about that? No, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, and, and as with the Russian bots, it is often very difficult to tell just uh, jerks on American soil who have <laughs> to be, you know, pains in the butt and, and mischief makers. I got over the weekend um, what seemed to be like personal emails from people saying, hey, read this whole thing. This is really interesting, blah, 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 blah. I got it like nine times from a bunch of different people. There are these like stupid, you know, viral email things that are trying to say that this is all a hoax and, and all these kinds of stuff. And some of it probably comes from just, you know, uh, peckerwoods in their own basement in America who are, just, who are just jerks. And some of it is probably orchestrated from abroad. It's just very difficult to tell the difference. Yeah, yeah last night the National Security Council, my, my buddy O'Brien, put out a tweet. Uh, do not believe the threats of martial law. There's a lot of there's a lot of attempt to destroy America by our enemies, and there's a lot of jerks. Let me turn to the stimulus because this is you wrote extensively in your books on previous efforts of big government to solve problems, and you and I know the limits of their ability to do so. Nevertheless, this is one of those times like 2008, 9/11, where I think you have to wash the floor down with money in the affected industries, and you need to do a fiscal stimulus. I would direct it at the Department of Defense, which ends up employing people. What would you do, Jonah Goldberg, in terms of the fiscal stimulus? The Fed's done everything they can do thus far. Yeah, it's, this is a really tough one because I can't think of another thing that creates both a demand shock and a supply shock in the same way. Um, I, you know, one thing I'm on the watch out for is, you know, there seems to be something about coronavirus that um, it confirms everyone's priors. So, you know, you had Bernie Sanders last night saying this proves the need for socialism. Um, I, um, I'm more skeptical than some of my friends are about how much the Fed can do, but that doesn't mean I'm against what the Fed is doing. I'm just I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic or pessimistic about how much success it's going to have. I wouldn't mind just sort of direct cash to human beings. Now, what do you think of this, Jonah? I've, I've floated this idea. I've got some takers and some uh, vociferous critics. There's trillions of dollars in retirement savings and tax-advantaged accounts, which Americans can't reach because they are penalized if they're under the age of 60, I believe, or 62, and they have to pay current taxes. What if we allowed 
a quarter of the trillions of dollars out there to come out with a 10% tax, a flat tax. And you know what people would do with that? They'd buy stocks with that because the stock market is artificial, not artificially depressed, but it's way depressed because of panic. I think Americans ought to be allowed to use their own money in a crisis. I'm, I, philosophically, I'm not all that opposed to it. Um, I just, I, I am so much more worried about the people who, if they got an infusion of cash, they would spend it on groceries, not on stocks. You know, I mean, the the waiters, the Uber drivers, the cab drivers, the people who, you know, I mean, I listened to an interview on NPR the other morning about, you know, a a, hair, a barber. He's like, look, I can't, I can't telecommute. I can't work from home, and this is my only source of income. Those are the kind of I, – I really worry about the small businesses, which are the, 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 sort of the, the niche species in the ecosystem of our economy. The, the, the big corporations, they can borrow enough money from themselves, never mind the Fed, you know, lowered interest rates, to stay afloat throughout this. It's the little guys. It's the restaurants. It's the hot dog stands that I really worry about, and – Figuring out a way to just sort of do direct oh, cash to them seems much more important to me. It's almost impossible to to vision uh, the wedding planner who's suddenly out of work but has two children and employs 25 It's almost impossible to imagine what a two-month shutdown does to America. So, Joan, I want to close on the uh, find the good and praise it theme of Alex Haley. I think Pelosi is conducting herself well. I, I want to find people that I don't normally praise and praise them. What do you think? Uh, I think you're right. And I think, look, I mean— it worries me a little bit that it might be a, a sign of the apocalypse, but when Ted Cruz and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez agree on stuff, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's worth pointing out. Um, and um, I got to say, I think Mike Pence is doing a very good job, a very reassuring job. And um, I think that, uh, you know, and there's this good idea out there for people of means. I think it's a good idea. A lot of people have claimed credit for it, but um, if you have the ability, go to a small business and buy a gift certificate. Um, they can use the money now, and you can get the value for it later. But it's sort of like a no-interest loan to these small businesses to help them stay afloat. One thousand, you know, the, me, the, the good side of social media is I saw that idea, and I'm going to do it today. I also saw the idea that food stores ought to open an hour early and, and limit shoppers to the elderly so that they can shop in a fairly safe environment. We'll, we'll see idea. good stuff coming. It's a good idea. And I just saw it on on Twitter. There's one good thing on Twitter. I feel like, you know, Abram walking towards Sodom and Gomorrah and finding one good thing before Twitter is burned down. <laughs> Jonah Goldberg, always a pleasure. Follow him at Jonah Dispatch. Read the Dispatch every day. Come back early and often. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack? Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. In the twinkling of an electoral eye, frontrunner Bernie Sanders' campaign is near death and Joe Biden's has been resurrected. How could this happen? Bernie said the American system needed a political revolution, and his revolution was for all. Medicare for all, free college for all, housing and jobs for all. The price tag was tens of trillions of dollars and a revolution in how America operates. Even Democrats were not ready for that. Perhaps it was about stopping the Trump revolution. A CNN poll shows that 66% of Democratic voters thought Biden could best oppose Trump, 26% for Sanders. 
or maybe concern over the coronavirus revolution changed things. The same poll showed Biden could best handle a major crisis, 65% over Sanders at 23%. It turns out 2020 is not the year for a revolution. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders in politics and policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.